All right, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, lead us today to the cross. Lead us in your word to Jesus that our faith might be strengthened and we might walk more fully with you every day. Amen. Now, Scott Williams, I know he's going to come up with a sermon today, but I wonder how many of you have ever had this happen to you. Scott was sharing with me a story the other day while we were doing one of our communion services about how he was standing in line at Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris on his way back to the States when suddenly, of all places, of all things, he realized that standing two people behind him, I think it was in the security line, was a member of Fishers of Men. Rick Stevens was there. Have you ever had that happen to you? I remember one time I was in line at Disney World, Space Mountain. And you know how you zigzag around in the line, and all of a sudden I was going this way, and the line was going that way, and I realized one of the guys going that way was a guy I got confirmed with. Hadn't seen him since we got confirmed. I don't remember how many years. Or there's one day, it's kind of embarrassing, probably for him more than me, I was saw somebody going into the bathroom at the St. Louis airport, and I suddenly realized, that's Prexy Stunkel. He was the guy who I had taught my first um, class in Old Testament at Concordia College in Milwaukee, taught Linda too. He was the president of the university, and so he was walking around there, and I said, Prexy, and he turned around, who? And this just kills me, because he only knew me for one semester, and he turned around and said, who, Wayne, how are you? How's your mom? Is she still painting? Those are great times, isn't it? When you, when unexpectedly you run into somebody you know. I, I can imagine that maybe Scott and Rick, not thinking that they would know anybody at their airport, sat at the gate, because I think they were on the same flight, going to the same place, and had somebody to sit and visit with. Well, today, in our reading... Jacob had that kind of encounter, an unexpected encounter with God. You've got to know the context. Jacob um, has basically swindled everybody. Now, I always call Jacob the great con artist of the Bible. And Jacob has lied to his dad. He's cheated his brother out of the blessing that was supposed to go to his brother. And so Esau wants to kill him. I imagine that Isaac felt betrayed. And mom decides that Jacob needs to go. And so they push him out. You go live with Uncle Laban. Right? Thousands of miles away. And so Jacob camps the first night out all by himself in a place called Luz, which oddly enough means separated. And things have gotten so bad that the only thing he can find for a pillow is a rock. And somehow he fell asleep. Right? I, I can't imagine how, but he did. And, and he has a dream. And I love this This. He says, Behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to the heaven. 
Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land in which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you. and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Wow. I think there are some things for us to learn in this unexpected encounter. And I want to look at them today. The first thing is this. God is present in the most unexpected places at the most unexpected times. I'm sure that Jacob feels rejected, pushed out, Abandoned. This is a low point in his life. And I'm sure that he felt that the one person who probably didn't want anything to do with him was God. And that's why I love what Jacob says when he wakes up from the dream. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. You ever felt like that? Ever felt like the bottom has fallen out? Like you're on your own and you're alone and maybe you throw a little pity party. I've done it. Nobody cares about me. Nobody wants me. It can be, it can be a moment of, of time when maybe there's been something that happened in your life. Maybe you've lost a job or, or someone you love has cancer. I remember one man sitting in my office, Pastor, I'm supposed to die first. She's not supposed to have cancer. Why has God forgotten that? Or it can be something you've done, right? And you think, who'd want anything to do with me. Ever had a moment like that in your life? Folks, the story of Jacob ought to tell us that even then, even when we don't see him, even when the evidence would say he's not there, that in fact he is right there. I remember one man sitting in my office in a previous parish, just distraught. This is a guy that never cried, and he, he, he just couldn't control it. His wife had told him she wanted a divorce. And there was no turning back. And he was feeling abandoned, feeling like nobody cared about him. Even God wasn't listening to him. Well, by the Spirit's power, 
God began to open his eyes because there was his little daughter who was still there whenever she was home with him, loving him. And there was the Stephen minister who was calling him every week and meeting with him and walking alongside him. There was his Baptist neighbor who had gone through a divorce and was helping him understand just what the next step was and what, it, what he was going through and who, who went out of his way. And, and see, I didn't share this with him. He shared the stories with me. And I said, it, it went out of his way to, to give him scripture verses every day and would come over and pray with him and for him. God was indeed with him. Sometimes those moments, those hardest moments in life are the moments when we have the biggest encounter with God and we don't even know it. Think of the promise that, that, that God makes to Jacob here. He says, I am with you. I am with you. And will keep you wherever you go. You know what we learn when God, we encounter if God in those times? We learn that our God, and this is the second lesson, our God is an unexpectedly gracious God. Yet Jacob didn't have anybody to blame but himself. He, with mom's help, deceived his dad. He betrayed and Cheated his brother. Jacob, you know, I love people. So I could never be as good as the people in the Bible. Well, folks, read these stories. They're not that great. Jacob deserved to be rejected. And here he is. God appearing to Jacob in a dream. I am the Lord, he says. The God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, and, and Jacob, I'm your God. And he goes on, right? And he says, the land on which you lie, I'll, I'll give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. The promises I made to Abraham, the promise I gave to your father Isaac, I'm giving it to you, Jacob, even though you don't deserve it. In you, he says, and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Isn't that amazing? In spite of everything Jacob had done, in spite of what Jacob deserved, God still loved him. You know, that's the God that you and I meet in Jesus Christ, right? Love this passage from Romans. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood. Wow, we didn't deserve to have him die for us, did we? Much more shall we be saved by him from what we did deserve. We'll be saved by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, 
when we least deserved it. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. That's how much God was willing to do. That's grace. Much more now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I know, you guys are Lutherans, you understand, you hear about grace all the time. But I hope that you still have the capacity to be surprised by how gracious God is to you. I remember recently I was in my devotions and I remember what it was, but something triggered in my mind. Suddenly I realized that God knew all about the stupid things I would do the mess I would make on January 1st, 1959, the day I was baptized. He knew about it then. He know, I know she's perfect now. But he knew today everything's going to happen in Raina's life. In fact, he knew the mess that you and I would make before he sent his son. Indeed, he knew about it all before he created the world and still, knowing everything that he knows about you and me, still he sent Jesus and he gave Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and to rise again for our life. And knowing everything there is to know, all the reason we gave him for not wanting us, still he comes to us in baptism and he says, I want you to be my child. I hope that never ceases to surprise you. You see, because of that grace, he leaves the way open for us to come back to him. Right? And in the dream, right, Jacob sees a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to the heaven. Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending. And look at this, and behold, the Lord stood above him. Can't you see the Father standing at the top of the ladder, right, with his arms open, saying, Jacob, come back. The way is open. I mean, that's, to me, when I read that, in getting ready for this, I picture the parable of the prodigal son, our God, like the father in that parable, standing at the window, waiting, seeing us at a distance, running out, throwing his arms around us. Ours is a God who does that, who, who places a ladder down into our life. He did it today in baptism. He came down that ladder and he took Raina and he made her his own. And he does it every time we pray. That ladder is open so that we can come to him. And I love this picture of angels kind of going the opposite way we'd expect them to go, ascending and descending, taking our prayers to the Father and, and coming back. And then in the Word, you know that every time, you, you don't come here to hear me or hear Pastor Bauer or Pastor Steve. You come to hear God come down that ladder to meet with you. And you come to this table because in bread and wine, he comes down and he feeds you with his son's body and blood with the bread and wine of Holy Communion. And okay, kids, here it is. What is that ladder? I heard some adults there. <laughs> kids, Jesus, that's right. It's Jesus. And you know, Jesus himself told us that. 
Did you know that? In John chapter 1, he's talking to Nathaniel. And look what he says to him. Truly, truly, I say to you, he's talking to Nathaniel, you will see heaven opened, and here it is, the angels of God ascending and descending on who? The Son of Man. On Jesus. The way is open. Wide open. Opened by Jesus for you and me. Now God works through all of that to make unexpected changes in your life and mine. Changes that you and I maybe thought were never possible. Other things in your life where you find yourself stuck, where you find yourself making the same mistakes, committing the same sin over and over again. It can be lying, it can be gossip, it can be greed. It, it can be a struggle with alcoholism or some addiction, and you promise that you're, you promise yourself, I'm not going to do this again, I'm going to stop. And then you tell another lie, or you spread that gossip, or you give in to greed or selfishness or whatever it is, and finally you say to yourself, Oh, I'm, I, it's just who I am, I'm not going to change, there's no hope for me. Wrong. That's the story of Jacob. God changed him. He began changes in Jacob's life that very day. And he continued them through Jacob's life. This literally a come to Jesus time for, for Jacob. And faith was born. Jacob woke up, and I love his, his words how awesome! Is this place, this is none other right than the house of God and the gate of heaven. And suddenly, this Jacob, whose whole life had been about Jacob, who had been a getter, suddenly God works a change in his life, and guess what? Instead of a getter, Jacob becomes a giver. Did you hear the promise that he says? Of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth of it all. And then Jacob, who had left his home sulking, who had laid his head down that night, probably in a pity party, he woke up the next morning. You don't, we didn't have this in our text, but the next verse said, he goes on to his uncle's house. But this time, he goes on saying, I didn't know it, God, but I know it now. You're with me. God Kept working those changes in Jacob's life. Wasn't done here. And God can make changes in your life. And you, I've shared this story before because it's a familiar story to you all. You know it. About God meeting somebody in the most unexpected places. Talk about unexpected places. Talk about the dumpster behind this church. And a young man who had hit rock bottom and was living out there until God came out and met him in you. 
He took him food and he invited him to worship and invited him to the, one of the men's Bible studies and somebody from the congregation got his career going and he was baptized and he came to faith. And God, I want you to know, hasn't stopped making those changes, right? He goes to another church in the Houston area and this year he got married. Pastor Bauer did the wedding right here at Fishers of Men. You have an unexpected, an unexpectedly gracious God who comes to you at unexpected moments in your life to make changes in you that you never expected were possible. But with our God, all things are possible. And so my prayer for you and for me is that we find ourselves waking up many, many days with these words on our lips. Surely God is in this place. I didn't know it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.